This is the podcast at Clark's Room. It's my thoughts on education, technology, leadership, and life. If you like what you're hearing, please take a minute to like, subscribe, and share. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Record. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for tuning in to another podcast at Clark's Room. Today is a, a different day for me on the podcast because I'm interviewing a fellow educator, which is fairly typical, but I'm interviewing someone that I've never actually met in real life and really just recently connected with on Twitter. And I think we connected uh, just because we have the same name, but uh, I have Dr. Joe Clark on the, on the, I guess, quote unquote line, even though it's not really a line anymore. And um, yeah, we're going to chat for a little bit and um, just really... I'm excited to meet someone new that uh, we just recently connected on Twitter and learn because that's what it's I'm all about. Great. How are you doing today, Dr. Me. Joe? I think uh, it's, it's good to meet another. I always love meeting Joes and to have a Joe Clark. That's a double whammy. I'm excited to meet you and talk with you. And I'm guessing as an educator, you've probably gotten the Joe Clark jokes all of your life also. Yes, yes. And and honestly, that's a decent model to uh to yeah. try to try to hit, really. Um I, I have to admit I did a little googling before we we popped on. I try I was trying to figure out how many Joe Clarks there are in the world. And um there's so many that Google doesn't even have a number, which 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 surprised me a little bit to be quite frank. Um but I'm not <laughs> the Canadian prime minister or there's an aviation expert, right? Those are the two jokes. I always get the principal. Used to call um, me crazy Joe so, and now they call me Batman. Yeah. That's right. Um so we connected probably within the last couple months over Twitter and I don't remember if I followed you or you followed me, but it probably was just because of the name and both in I think so, yeah. would be my guess. Yeah, I, I it's just interesting how that goes. So um, anytime I meet someone for the first time, I do like to get like a 30 second to three minute. What was kind of your edu journey? Like, how did you get to where you are currently? Which yeah, I'm a, I am a school I believe, superintendent. Correct? I am in Ohio, um, we're about midway between Cleveland and Akron. Uh, my, and I've been in Northeast Ohio all my life. Uh, got all three of my degrees from Kent State University, which most people know from the shootings on May 4th. Uh, but a great university for educators here mm -hmm. in Ohio. And I was an English teacher uh, by trade, started as an English teacher for six years, moved into administration and had various roles an assistant high school principal, middle school principal, personnel director, assistant superintendent. And now I've been a superintendent just finishing up my 10th year. And you and I have something else in common, I think, wow. um, that I've, I've been a DJ for about 24 years i've done mobile djing uh, weddings parties school dances that kind of thing so yeah. we have that, that connection yeah i i was a dj up until i became an administrator and then i kind of phased it out um just because it's a lot of work uh you know schlepping gear is is a lot of work and i it was either one of those where invest in new gear that's lighter and better or keep the old stuff that's really heavy. And I was just, uh, I was kind of done schlepping all that gear around. But yeah, I DJed for probably 15 years, mostly weddings, couple school dances. But um, it, 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 it's really, you see people at their best yeah, and at the their truth. worst within minutes. And, it, and it's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and so 10 years as a superintendent, have you been in the same uh, I have. Um, all of my it? superintendent years have been, it's the Nordonia Hill City Schools. There's only one Nordonia in the world. 
and it's not really a place. It's it's a combination of five different <laughs> towns. So it's uh, Northfield is the Nor, mm-hmm. Macedonia is the Donia, and Hills is Sagamore Hills. So Nordonia Hills is, uh, yeah. and we're best known maybe. We have a couple famous alumni. Uh, Denzel Ward is a cornerback for the Cleveland Browns. He went to our school. Uh, Mark Foster, Foster the People Grammy Award winning um, recording artist is a Nordonia grad. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are dark. Very cool. And, 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 and that's interesting because, you know, I, my, I have an older brother who's a superintendent in this area. We're out in Northern California. Um, even though we grew up in Southern Illinois. Um, so I kind of get the combining of towns. Our school district was multiple towns combined together. Um, and, you know, superintendent lifespans in one district is typically not, you know, three, four years top. So you must be doing something really well. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's been years. a journey and I love it. I, I'm hoping that I can retire there. I've got maybe 10 or 11 more years to go. And it, it wasn't always that way. I mean, I took over and maybe this, I don't, I don't know what your future questions are, but I know we want to talk a little bit about yeah. Twitter, but my Twitter journey started uh, when I yeah. was an assistant superintendent in Nordonia and we had what we call levies in Ohio and other referendums and other places, but we had failed levy after levy after levy. We were making all kinds of cuts um, to staff. And I started seeing people writing letters to the editor saying, if anybody who has an assistant in their title should be laid off, we don't need any assistance. So I thought, man, I better, I better start a Twitter <laughs> oh, account wow. so I can just tweet to show people yeah. what I'm doing. So I, I did that. And the irony is it didn't work. After when the, the superintendent came to me one <laughs> evening in October and said, hey, I hope you're ready to be superintendent. I'm resigning tomorrow. Um, and he had been under some heat because the levy had been failing. And uh, so I became superintendent. They did not replace my position, but I became the superintendent. And I've spent 10 years really mm-hmm. trying to rebuild trust in our community. And it, it is it feels like home now. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Um, just, you know, chatting with my brother and I know a few people in that position. Um, a lot of people don't know what the superintendent does. But but what I say is in times like this, there's not <laughs> enough money in the world to do that job unless you love it. Um, because it's a, it's a, no matter what decision you make, there are going to be people that are throwing darts. And so, um, my hat's off to you because being an assistant principal, you know, down quite a few levels, I'm so insulated from a lot of those darts, right? Because there's so many levels. Um, so yeah, let's, I have a few kind of general, general questions. The first is important question is in seventh and eighth grade, what happened to those missed penalty kicks? (laughs) You've, you've read some of my stuff. Maybe, maybe. You know, I the, I love I love the resume of failure. By the way, I think that's thank phenomenal. you. Uh, you know, I think um, at my senior year uh, athletic awards, my soccer coach said of me, uh, Joe, he does uh, he does not have a lot of talent, but he tries really hard. <laughs> Which is true. I am I have the body of a football player, but I played soccer yeah. um, when I was a kid. I wanted to play football, but they didn't have it, so I played soccer. By the time I could play football, um, it was a sixth, seventh, and eighth grade team. I was sixth grader, never saw the field, so I stuck with soccer, and I was I was average at best. And I did. I I missed two penalty kicks two years in a row against the same team, and it it cost us in the playoffs. Yeah, the only the only other one I think that needed some explanation is um, you trying to extort someone by on the safety <laughs> patrol. I mean, I that goes right to a character question, doesn't it? 
Well, it was just a joke, really. So, and there's a funny story behind this, too. Um, so I went to Catholic school for elementary school, and I was on the safety patrol. And uh, the, the guy that ran the safety patrol, Mr. Yeager, he was a great teacher, and he would send notes home all the time uh, to kids saying how good they were. Well, I was on the safety patrol, and some of my friends had younger sisters, and so when they would come to cross the street to go to the playground, um, I would say, you know, I'm going to report you for jaywalking unless you bring me a candy bar tomorrow. And I was just joking. But, you know, they were first graders. I was sixth grade. So they told their parents and I got kicked off the safety patrol. And the, and the teacher, Mr. Yeager, sent a note home saying, Mr. and Mrs. Clark, Joe has been um, kicked off the safety patrol for extortion. Well, fast forward 30 years later, I get my job in my current district, and I just started, and I get a note from a teacher, and it says, uh, Mr. Clark, I am in charge of the football pool here. Would you be interested in joining to replace the guy who left? And I'm like, I know that handwriting. It was Mr. Yeager. Oh 30 years later, he was now working in, in Nordonia. So I, I sent him an email and I said, hey, I want to come see you about this uh, gambling ring that you're operating. <laughs> and I go over there and he's actually the next day because I came home and I keep everything. And I had the yearbook from when uh, I was in school in sixth grade and I had the note still. And I went in and I said to him, hey, I want to talk to you about this gambling ring. And he started stammering. Well, it's just a football poll. It's nothing really serious. I'm like, no, no, I want to tell you. You know, this note you sent me, it looks a lot like this one you wrote me 30 years ago. And we had a huge laugh. And then we got out the yearbook and we would flip through it. And I turned to his page and I had like drawn devil horns on him and a beard in the yearbook picture. And it was That's really awesome. funny. Yeah, so. it, it's funny in the, the world of education now more than ever, you know, getting into social media a little bit. And I know um, you like to you know, use social media to tell your, your school stories. And that's a big, that's a big thing of mine is, you know, control your story. Cause if you don't, someone else will. Right. Um, I, it, it's just interesting how small the world really is, um, in education, even, you know, you think United States is huge, um, going to conferences. I've met people. I grew up in a town of 3000 in Southern Illinois, and I was at a conference in Northern California and there was someone there that lived, uh, near Chicago, but she was like, I, I, I grew up like three towns over. You're like, this is wow. great, you know. And, and so the, yeah. the world of education is not that big. And um, what are what are some of your, um, I guess, favorite parts of social media, and then some of the pitfalls that you really try to guard against? You know, I, I think that my favorite part is um, two things. I think bragging about the great things our schools are doing. Uh, social media is great for that. We really do mm -hmm. um, a wonderful job, and we tell our story. Uh, and, and we do that very well. And I think the second thing then is giving people a glimpse into Joe Clark, the person, instead of Dr. Clark, the superintendent. Mm -hmm. um, and and when I, you know, when I post, my dog has a Twitter account, for example. So when my dog tweets something and I retweet it, people people get a sense that I'm a human being, that I've got a family, that I have a sense of humor. I'm a you know a diehard Browns fan, so I'm always posting, you know, stuff about how bad they are. And that yeah. connection, I think, really goes a long way in building trust with the community. Uh, so when you do mess up, people are more likely to forgive you. 
because they know you're a human. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, those are the biggest, uh, the biggest aspects of, of, of social media. And Twitter happens to be the, the, the social media I use more than any. Definitely for educators, Twitter's kind of home. Um, you know, Instagram is great, and there's, you know, all these other ones, but Twitter seems to be full of, of educators. Um, and so I know, I, you know, I did kind of look around your website. It, it's really nice, and, and I wanted to ask about a couple of your presentations. Um, I love your names. I'm not going to, you know, they're phenomenal, but um, never mud wrestle a pig interacting with haters. We have... Um... <laughs> Which I have wrestled a pig. I grew up on a farm, so it's not easy. There you go. Well, you know, um, from in my current position, when the old superintendent left, and there was a really, uh, uh, honestly, with good reason, the community did not trust school people, Mm -hmm. um, and and they would let us know about it. And and what I would find is oftentimes, either board members or administrators would mud wrestle pigs. Meaning there'd be haters there, and um, and I would remind them that when you mud wrestle a pig, you both get dirty, but the pig likes it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, just the whole idea of what when uh, of being uh, not being defensive about listening to criticism without uh, trying to argue that you're right. Right fighting never works because you'll never convince somebody against their own will anyway. Uh, so it's it's the big lesson that I learned from all of that, um, and I think what's done a good bit in helping us regain trust of the community is just the idea that we let let people have a voice. If they're going to complain, let them complain. Don't wrestle with them. Um, hear what they have to say, and and then try and make things better. Yeah, no, that's that's phenomenal. And that that uh, that analogy, I think I may I may take that on as a mantle for my staff this next year. Uh, because no matter what we do in school next year, it's not going to be what people want for sure um, nope. in this current situation. So what was uh, one or two short golden nuggets from the Red Bellies, Noogies, and Dutch Rubs lessons from the <laughs> educator? Because um, I grew up in a big family as well, so I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, I know all of those. Yeah, I am the youngest of 11. Um, and really what's interesting about my family is my dad – had an identical twin brother, and he had 11 kids, and we lived next door to each other oh uh, growing up. So there are 22 of us living <laughs> on this compound, um, you know, 20, and again, there are 15 years between us. So uh, 11 kids in 15 years, and the same for my cousin. So it was just crazy. And so red bellies and noogies and Dutch rubs, those are things that my brothers would do to me. But, uh, you know, there's just lots of stories about growing up in a family uh, that large that you can take educational nuggets from. And I think one that stands out to me the most is, uh, you know, my my brothers used to uh, make me climb a tree. I'd have to climb to the top of the tree and then they would throw baseballs at me. (laughs) That's just that's just what they did. And I thought, you know, there's been nothing that's... um, prepared me for my life as a superintendent more than that <laughs> because yeah. when you're a superintendent you were at the top of the tree and when you're at the top of the tree people want to knock you off mm-hmm. you know and um and so, so you know that sort of presentation that i would that i offer talks a lot about different family stories yeah. that we've had and um and, and lessons you can learn from that definitely i i will say uh being out in northern california now there's so many stories I even have that I'm sure my upbringing was not that different than yours. I, you know, we had eight in the household and wow. know, rural, you know, Central America. 
and sometimes people out here are like that doesn't even sound like the america and you know it, it's so foreign to them that some of the differences when you grow up um you know doing uh, manual labor and, and with lots of, of family around uh that just kind of changes your perspective a little bit i think yeah, you know, I shared a bedroom with three brothers, and we had we had one bunk bed. So there were two of us on the top bunk, and two on the bottom bunk. And when you, um, you know, when you live like that in close quarters, you definitely learn how to manage conflict, and you you also you have you learn how to get away with a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. and you also have a lot of fun, you yeah, know, for sure. So. So then let's flip over. I know um, you have a new book coming out. And if I believe I'll get the title right, if the dance floor is empty, change the song. Lessons for educators from a mobile disc jockey. Yep. This, the subtitle is going to change. This is due to be published uh, hopefully within the next month or two. Uh, Dave Burgess uh, mm-hmm. publishing, if you're familiar with Dave yep. and the yep. Teach Like a Pirate. They're publishing this. And it is, um, yeah, if the dance floor is empty, change the song. A superintendent spin on making your schools rock will be our new um, our new subtitle. But uh, like you, you know, you were a DJ, and I'm sure when you think back on your DJ years, there's a lot of lessons you get about um, you know uh, that could help you as an educator. Mm-hmm. And to me, that the title one is this whole idea. You know, when I first started DJing, and uh, you, you go to a wedding and you. You know, you put on music that you think is great and people don't dance. And I think the, the, the young DJ, the inexperienced DJ will sit around complaining about what a boring crowd this is. I wish I had a better audience. Um, when the reality is, if the, if the dance floor is empty, change the song. You're the one that can control that. And the same is true in education. You know, if you're a classroom teacher and your kids are not participating, don't blame the kids. Change the lesson. You know, if you're a principal and your your uh, teachers are not paying attention in your faculty meeting, um, you need to do something different. It doesn't do any good to complain about your audience. It's the the person speaking that needs to change the voice or the message. I love it. I love it. I I definitely will uh, be getting a copy when that comes out. It kind of reminds me of uh, Simon Sinek's Circle of Control, Circle of Concern, right? Like, if you can't control it, don't worry about it. And if you can control it, control it. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, it's phenomenal. As, so the book talks. I mean, there's a uh, there's several DJ stories. I was, I was also a camp director for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's camp stories and there's education stories. So it's it's not all about music and not all about DJing. It's really a bunch of you know short essays about leadership and how to treat kids and, and that that sort of thing. Yeah. What um what currently are you are you reading any books? Any books really hitting home for you right now? Currently, you know, <laughs> last year. I, I had two. Um, I had two New Year's resolutions last year. I was going to read fifty books and I was going to lose fifty pounds, and I did really well at one of them. <laughs> I, I read all. I read fifty books last year, and um, and I read a ton of great stuff. And and I think my favorite book I read last year was Tara Westover's Educated, which even though the title is Educated, it's really uh, it's not for teachers or for educators. It tells her story growing mm-hmm. up in an abusive um, uh, Mormon family. It was just fascinating. And the last book I was going to read was um, The Count of Monte Cristo. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm a former English teacher, and I had never read that. And my wife says, it's my favorite book. So I bought it, and I bought the unabridged it's version. So I just super scared long. it. It's, 12, it's, it's yeah. four inches 
at least 1,200 pages, 100 and something chapters. I mean, you would have to read, a, if you read a chapter a day, it'd take you six months to read it. Yeah. And so I started it this year, and I got like 80 pages in, and I'm like, I just don't see it. Yeah. So honestly, right now, I'm not um, reading anything. I picked up the guitar, and I've started teaching myself guitar uh, instead. I'm taking some a break from... Um, from yeah. reading for a little bit and I'll get into the professional reading this summer to prepare for next school year. Yeah. It's, um, I have a stack of books that I was like, Oh man, working from home, I'm going to have some time to, to catch up. And yeah, it, um, it, it didn't happen. Right. Uh, I have a couple books half started. Let's say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that, I get it. Yeah. And so that's, that's great. I, you know, I don't want to take too much of your time, but I thank you for joining me and it's exciting to hear about the book coming out and definitely when that hits i'll i'll make sure to to, to tweet it all out there if anyone listening to this wants to, to find you on the interwebs or twitter sphere how do, how do they connect with you yeah at, at dr joe clark is the uh is my twitter handle so d-r-j-o-e-c-l-a-r-k and you can find my website at www.drjoeclark.com I do have uh, Facebook. I do have Instagram, but I, Twitter is my main thing. Mm-hmm. If you want to follow me, and also I, you know, if you go to my website, you can uh, subscribe to my. Um, I send out a newsletter about every other week or so, and you can subscribe to that for free. And I'll, I'll update you on where my book is, and also give you a kind of a little taste of the kinds of things you might see in the book. Little short essays. Yeah. Again, drjoeclark.com. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. Eps, thank you, Joe. Great to meet another Joe. Great to meet another Joe Clark. And great to connect with you on Twitter. I look forward to learning from you as we move forward. Awesome. Thank you again for tuning into the podcast at Clark's Room. I do appreciate you spending a few minutes of your day with me. If you like what you hear, don't forget to share, subscribe, and like through your favorite podcast provider. 